with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning. This morning is Monday morning wake-up call, and today Echo is feeling under the weather, so I had to have two men help me with this. We have Al as my sidekick, and we have Steve on the board. And who are you? Oh, and I am Phyllis, of course. You know, I'm sorry about that. Um, this morning, we have Lori from Alzheimer's Society with us, and we're going to discuss what is going on in January this month. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. Thank you for having me this morning. Thank you for joining us. So... This month is an awareness month of the Alzheimer's Society. So, what do you have to tell us about being aware of this disease? Okay, yeah, I'd love to share that with you this morning. So, I'm going to just give you some uh, just general information about what the Alzheimer's uh, Awareness Month is. And then I will um, just... Uh, talk about a little bit about what that means uh, for people living with dementia and um, a little bit on the advocacy about it, okay? Perfect. Is that all right? Great. Yes. So, so yes, definitely. Um, so my name's Lori, and I'm the Sport and Education Coordinator for the Northern Resource Centre in Prince George, and I cover all of Northern Health. So Quinnell to Whitehorse and McBride, Valmont to Hyde of Gwaii. So, um, yeah, so I'm the local contact for this area for any dementia-related questions. And so for Awareness Month, um, it is the month of January, and uh, the Alzheimer's Society of BC uh, is recognizing the Awareness Month by highlighting the experience of British Columbians that are affected by dementia. And what we're saying is, don't change, even if they do. Right. The campaign is... Sorry, go ahead. Right, exactly. Yeah, the campaign is aimed uh, at inspiring people who uh, to reflect on the ways that they will continue to show up for the people in their lives who are living with dementia and caregiving. Because one of the things we do know is that when there's a diagnosis of dementia, um, the world often gets smaller for the people living the disease and the care partner. Yes, Yes, that's so, for sure. Right. So how, how do um, we want to promote showing up? Don't stop visiting. Don't stop calling. Um, the stigma about the disease results in people making assumptions about people's abilities and pulling away from friends and family that um, need the support, support probably more at this time. Uh, so how do we sustain these relationships because they're essential for the well-being of people facing the disease, whether they live in the community or in long-term care. Right. So socializing with them is, is a really good thing to do when they're going down this slippery slope then. Oh, and absolutely. And, um, you know, they may not, people living with dementia may not do things the same, but then it's up to us to just change for them. We have to meet them in their world. And sometimes it's not always about doing things because we may do them differently. If you go golfing with your friends and maybe he's struggling with um, 
counting score. So maybe you take him golfing, but you don't count score. So he could still do what he loves and being involved. Um, and sometimes it's just about the gift of presence. Just mm-hmm. about being there, perhaps holding a hand or just telling the person if they're in care about your day or about family, right? We don't always have to... Um, uh, not engage in a social component when we make assumptions that, well, they don't know what we're talking about, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, because the core of that person will always be there, right? Yes. So... Mm-hmm. And, and you know, a lot of people have problems with the correct golf sto- score, you know, <laughs> like um, they want to forget yes, a stroke absolutely. here and there, you know, so, absolutely. but that's yeah. normal, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and we want people to live there, they, we want people living with uh, dementia to be included. We want to create a sense of normalcy for them. It just may look different than what it did five years ago, uh, yesterday, five minutes ago, because they live in the moment. So it's up to us as um, care partners in our community to adapt to their changes to make them feel safe and included. Right. Yes. You know, and and good conversation, still taking them out, you know, um, Mm -hmm. it's just that it's going to be a different conversation with them. That's right. It may look differently, absolutely. And it may require that we have to give them time to respond to anything that we're talking about as well, um, because their processing takes longer. Laurie, it's Alan Wishart here. I think we've spoken before as well. Hi. Uh, Hi. I was just thinking it might not hurt for people in the audience listening who may not know what difference, if any, is there between Alzheimer's and dementia. Oh, okay. That, that's a good question. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so we call Alzheimer's, uh, um, or we call dementia, sorry, is the umbrella term because it encompasses many different diseases that cause the symptoms. So those symptoms are um, short-term memory loss, uh, degeneration of your organic brain matter that eventually cause... Um, cognitive challenges, and eventually physical challenges, okay? So in that umbrella is Alzheimer's disease, mixed dementia, frontal temporal dementia, vascular dementia, Lewy body. There's about uh, around 80 types of dementia that we support here at the Alzheimer's Society. So, uh, and all of them encompass short-term memory. Okay, so dementia is the umbrella term referring to, um, is a term that we use for memory loss. What causes the, that memory loss are the things like Alzheimer's mixed dementia. Because sometimes you might hear, oh, I don't have Alzheimer's, I have dementia. Right. Or I don't have dementia, I have Alzheimer's. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so they're one, they're one of the same. Yeah. Right. One is just the umbrella. Okay. And so is there a test that people can take at a certain time? And when is that time that a person should be looking at testing their friend or family member? 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a really good question. So there's about 70,000 people in BC right now that are affected with some sort of a dementia, and about 10,000 of those are under the age of 65. Wow. Right? So there's no real age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the type of the dementia that you have, may show itself earlier. Because there's also concussion-related dementia, right? Oh, okay. So if you look at uh, Muhammad Ali, right? Um, okay was uh, also started from multiple concussions. So that's a great example. But I think even more importantly is to know what is the difference between normal aging versus dementia, right? So because if you fall within normal aging, you wouldn't be so concerned about getting checked, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or if it does it fall more in a dementia spectrum. We all forget Right, but the the thing we look at is why are we forgetting? Are we forgetting because we have too much on our plate? Uh, so you know, um, I forget my keys everywhere. But you know, I run into my house. I have ten bags of groceries on my arm because I don't want to make ten trips. Yeah. I'm running up the stairs. The phone's ringing. The dog's trying to run out, and then I don't know where my keys are. <laughs> so I can right. Yeah. So I could look at that scenario and say. This is what's gone in my life. This is why I've forgotten. But if nothing has happened and I keep repeatedly lose my keys and there's nothing really else distracting me, that's a little more concern. So when we talk about normal aging, so forgetting a conversation from a year ago, that's normal aging. But forgetting recent conversations from five minutes ago, this morning, that is more of a flag for dementia. Forgetting the name of an acquaintance is normal aging. But forgetting the name of a close family member or friend falls more on a spectrum of concern for dementia. Okay. Uh, And occasionally forgetting events. That's normal aging. But frequently forgetting events falls more on a dementia concern flag. Um, Occasionally uh, finding words difficulty, Uh, using the wrong words. One time I told my daughter to put, I meant to say, put a Band-Aid on it, and I told her to put a bathing suit on it. (laughs) But what was happening was I was trying to make dinner. I had lots going on. I turned my head, and on the TV was a bathing suit commercial. (laughs) And she says, she says, Mom, do you know what I, you just said? And I said, yeah, put one of those sticky things on it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so occasionally uh, finding uh, word finding is difficult, is normal aging, but frequent pauses and using different substitutions are more of a flag for dementia. Okay. Um, normal aging is you're worried and your family is not. Dementia flag is you're not worried, but your family is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you might not feel anything's wrong, but your family's going, "Mm, mom, right? Um, So that's a general guideline when it comes to uh, dementia, just between normal aging and dementia. Um, And, and, 
you know, if you're concerned, speak to your doctor because there's many things that can mimic dementia, right? right. If you're dehydrated, if you have a bladder infection, if uh, you um, your blood pressure is out of whack, your diabetes is out of whack, right? So what we want to do is make sure it's not a delirium that it is, in fact, a dementia. And it takes time to diagnose dementia, and that's often through mini mentals um, and sometimes CT scans, blood work, all kinds of things. Oh, okay. okay. So okay. if that kind of gives just a uh, a general general idea for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, it's important to know what is kind of a normal, uh, because we all forget, but what would be normal forgetting, right? And that's generally looking at your environment, what's happening around you when you're forgetting. Um, so I, I just want to get back to the, just awareness month for a minute. So, um, so since the beginning of the pandemic, also people living with dementia and their caregivers already faced greater isolation and upheaval than they ever have before. Um, so even if they were social, they could no longer be social. And, and it's really important that the best thing we can do to support people affected by the disease is, um, not to change, even if the person living with dementia is changing. So keep, keep you know, FaceTime, phone calls, Skype, Zoom. Uh, there's other ways through technology now that we can try to at least keep in touch, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to keep doing that. Again, don't stop visiting. Don't stop calling. Um, you know, don't stop inviting people to little events or for coffee, all those things. Um, you know, with uncertainty in the world, it's just more important to show up for people and know that they're not alone, right? Right. Um, so in January, the society is asking the public also to go to don'tchange.ca. Visitors here can learn uh, more about this campaign and discover resources to help them stay connected with the people in their lives that are affected with disease and how to find support uh, through the Alzheimer's uh, Society. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's pretty, you know, important. And, you know, we do as well, for anyone having any questions, they can connect with me at the local resource center here. Um, and I can, I can give you that number if you would like. Okay. It's, it's 250-564-7533. And even um, more importantly, we do have the Dementia Helpline, which is one 800 936 6033, and it's Monday to Friday from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. We are here for anybody to ask questions. Rather, you're concerned if you're concerned, sorry, about your own um, cognitive health or uh, a friend or your partner, um, or just have questions on how to support somebody else or to possibly how to make our community more um, dementia friendly. Right? Lori, it's Alan again. Hi, Alan. The way you were describing the differences between dementia, between normal aging and dementia, Mm -hmm. it sounds as if it would be almost impossible to self diagnose dementia. Is that a fair statement to make? I wouldn't, I'm not going to say impossible, Mm -hmm. but it is very challenging because there are so many 
things that can mimic dementia-like mm-hmm. symptoms, that's where um, seeing that doctor or healthcare professional is really important. And it becomes really hard if the person having the symptoms doesn't want to go see a physician, right? It can be very hard. And that's when we have to mention it that not about what you're seeing in terms of um, cognitive changes, perhaps, or, you know, challenge in doing tasks, but, you know, maybe needing just a regular checkup, right? Um, And and then making it a mention to the family family physician or healthcare provider that, there, you know, there are just a few concerns, and that could be done pre-appointment, uh, but it also can be done post-appointment as well, right? Um, because we have to remember that the people living with dementia, as they progress into their disease, see the world through a different lens than we do, right? right. So if they feel nothing's wrong, we can't make them feel that we're right. Right. So on that note, Lori, we're Uh just going to pause for a little commercial break and we'll get right back into the conversation. So wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Give your morning a boost with some sounds from above with Songs in Chapel Sunday mornings at 9 on 93.1 CFIS FM. Join me, Corey Walker, as I fill the airwaves with the sounds of heavenly gospel music. I feature a mixture of traditional country, bluegrass, southern and black gospel, and even a little bit of worship and contemporary Christian music. An inspiring message from the Salvation Army's Heartbeat series is featured in every show. A Songs in Chapel Sunday morning at 9, only here on 93.1 CFIS FM. Advocate Life and Education Services is currently on the hunt for an experienced and passionate individual to join their team in the part-time controller position at their head office in Abbotsford. The hours for this position can be flexible for the right candidate. Application information and full details are available through the Get Involved link at advocate.ca. If this sounds like you or someone you know, Advocate Life and Education Services would love to hear from you. Email your resume and cover letter to marie at advocate.ca. It's never too soon or too late to make changes that will maintain or improve your brain health. Learn strategies and set goals with the Alzheimer's Society's BC's Introduction to Brain Health. Tuesday, January 25th at the Prince George Public Library. To register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at one 800 936-6033. Proof of full vaccination and government ID will be required. The Alzheimer Society of BC's Introduction to Brain Health, Tuesday, January 25th, from 2 to 4, at your Prince George Public Library. Forecast from Environment Canada, a few showers mixed with flurries this afternoon. Winds from the south at 30, gusting to 50, switching from the northwest this afternoon. Temperature falling to minus 7 with a wind chill to minus 13. Clearing tonight, gusting northwest wind becoming light near midnight, a low of minus 15 with a wind chill to minus 21. For Tuesday, sunny, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 9 with a wind chill to minus 15. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hi, we're back and we're talking to Lori DeCruz from Alzheimer's Society this morning and we're just discussing the awareness this month that we must have for our family members. So Lori, when we went to break, we were talking about, um, you know, what we could do with our friend or our family Mm -hmm. member Mm -hmm. and how we deal with what they are going through. So Mm -hmm. do you want to carry on with that? Yeah, sure, sure. So when we're talking about awareness, um, 
you know, we focus a lot of time about families and caregivers, um, but this is also for people living with dementia. Uh, so if you're concerned about dementia or have recently received perhaps a diagnosis, you may be feeling very anxious um, about what's ahead of you, right? The mm-hmm. fear of the unknown. Um, but what we're saying is don't go home and shut yourself off to the world. Let people know what you are dealing with and that you're, you just intend to keep on going. Let them know that you're still here. So right. it's important to know that people living with dementia are still here. Mm-hmm. Right? And you need to, uh, the person with dementia would want to know that they need to adjust to realities of the disease, find creative solutions to be open to support from others. This will help them stay engaged with people that were usually around them. Yes. And even more importantly, you can still have an impact in your community and the world around you. You can share your story and become an advocate, participate in research research should you want to. Um, And it starts with asking for support. Don't be afraid to tell people in your life, uh, don't change, even if I do, right? Treat me like I'm I'm normal. Keep me included, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, You know, a lot of times that's what we have to do is we still have to act like the normal person and we make a little bit change in conversations, you know. Yeah. 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 And change our expectations as they change. Because if you're expecting John, who may be living with dementia, uh, to be the same as he was 10 years ago and carry those expectations to now, and he can't succeed, you're setting yourself up for failure and frustration and anger and being upset. So it's important as the new normal, as the day changes, moment to moment, that we change our expectations of the person to fit their moment. Right. So, Lori, I'm guessing then this is one of the other reasons why it's so important to try to diagnose Alzheimer's mm-hmm. dementia as early as possible so that the person who is being diagnosed can understand what is happening and possibly what is going to happen so that they don't mm-hmm. get scared when things start to change. Even if they don't really notice them changing, all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're going, okay, I don't remember mm-hmm. this rule. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um and, and the problem is we tend not to, especially uh, in our older population, our older generation, they grew up with a real stigma around dementia. So they are less likely to go to their doctor and say, you know, I think things are happening. I don't know what's going on. Or they relate it to just getting older. But what we do know is earlier detection is better because there are at least five medications that people can be started on to help with their quality of life, uh, and those would be uh, Dizonopel, uh, Rizantamine, Glamantamine, and Memantine are just examples of a few um, medications that could be given, given earlier on in the stage um, that uh, can help support quality of life moving forward. Uh, sometimes if the person's later in the disease, um, those meds may not be applicable or the choice would be less. Right. right. Um, and 
having an early diagnosis also helps us plan because we want to be included in our life plan. What do we want for our life going forward? So that would be the time to say, okay, well, do I have power of attorney done? Do I have a will planned? Do I have a representative agreement planned? Um, You know, what what do I want it to look like going forward? And it also helps with family to not have to make assumptions because they know what you want, right? Mm -hmm. As the disease progresses, what you wanted 10 years ago will be much, look much differently as you're progressing into your dementia because your world is a lot different. And and another thing, when a person is diagnosed with dementia, um, mm-hmm. it's not immediately to go into a hospital or a home that you can still live at your home as well as you're functioning and you have a great support there, right? Absolutely. So, you know, it's really important for people to age in place because things are familiar. So what we do know for people living with the disease of dementia is that the more we keep things the same, the better they can be, the better or more successful they can be, right? The more we add new change, like a new phone or a new remote control, a new time to eat dinner, uh, all those things are hard because processing information and retaining information becomes challenging. So having established routine earlier will help them be successful going forward. So having them on a schedule, basically, of we're going to do this at this time, breakfast is this, and always trying to have it at the same times. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Wednesdays might be Minds in Motion Day, or Thursdays might be uh, the Brunswick Senior Day, or, you know, so they, they, they learn to, um, well, they become adjusted to that routine, and then there's like, less likely, well, I don't want to go, or I don't want to, right, mm-hmm. uh, because they don't remember they need to go. Using prompts and tools, so making sure you have a big calendar with events on it, and especially for people who are still living alone, um, living with dementia without someone with them, because we do have many in our northern communities um, that live very remotely. So sometimes we just need to have more prompting or guidance and visual tools to help them succeed. Right. Yes. Like any of our children, they know that they have to go to school Monday to Friday at certain times. So we carry it on with our parents or our loved one who is going through this. Absolutely. When you have a routine, they're more apt to be successful. When we change routines or throw things that are unexpected or new things, um, sometimes it causes more um, anxiety, um, more uh, of um, responsive behaviors, perhaps, in some cases, right? So anyway, again, Mm -hmm. let's go through on how people can contact you. It's don'tchange.ca. And Mm -hmm. your phone number? Uh, So the office phone number here locally is 250-564-7533. I'm often on the phone, so please leave me a detailed message, and I will call you back. Or you can call through the Dementia Helpline, which is 1-800-936-6033. 
Well, Lori, it's been a pleasure talking to you regarding this. That is so common in our communities, and it's not a hidden disease that we need to learn how to cope with it, along with the Mm -hmm. person who has been diagnosed with it. So thank you very much for joining us this morning, Lori. My um, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, great. Thank you. And now we're going to take another break, and we'll be back. Thank you. Happy New Year from Two Rivers Gallery. They're back and can't wait to see you virtually or in person at some of their exciting winter programs, from life drawing to Saturday morning art classes to embroidered photography and more. There's something for everyone to keep busy and stay inspired through these long winter months. Browse their list of classes online at tworiversgallery.ca slash programs. Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. The Alzheimer's Society of BC is continuing their series of online webinars. Everyone is encouraged to learn more about dementia and its stark impact on Canadians through their website, alzbc.org. While there, you can also register for their free webinars or watch previous presentations. The next webinar is an introduction to brain health, Wednesday from 2 to 3. The Alzheimer's Society of BC, bringing you support and information for dementia at alzbc.org. The BC Games and Greater Vernon 2022 BC Winter Games Societies have made the difficult decision not to stage the BC Winter Games next month. Games organizers and stakeholders, however, are exploring options to see if the region can deliver the multi-sport event in 2023. Meanwhile, the 2022 BC Summer Games are scheduled to go ahead in Prince George, and the 2024 BC Winter Games are set for Quenelle. The latest updates and full games details are available at bcgames.org. We've all heard that planting trees can save the world, but did you know that seaweed is one of nature's superheroes fighting against climate change? Seaweed can sequester more carbon per square kilometer than a forest ecosystem. OceanWise is beginning to restore seaweed forest in B.C. and Chile by working with local institutions, indigenous people, and companies to explore this slimy but charismatic solution. Your gift of $42 will result in 100 new kelp plants. Help OceanWise restore kelp forest today by visiting ocean.org. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning, and we're back. We we're talking about uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, and I'm sure if everyone thinks about it, we might have someone in the family affected by this. Al, do you know anybody? Well, my father, did, his dementia was sort of drug-caused because he had Parkinson's. Oh, and they were developing a lot of new drugs, of course, as they went along. And they would try the drugs, but every time they changed one of his medications, they weren't, they were never absolutely sure, okay, what effect is this going to have on the other medications? Like, are we going to have to increase one of them, decrease one of them? So there would usually be a little bit of time where he was, I guess you could say, exhibiting dementia-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't recognize us when we came to visit him at Simon Fraser and stuff like that. Yeah. And then like you know, a week and a half later, he was perfect. the one thing he never lost was knowing that he loved chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And you, Steve, did you know anybody? Oh, uh, yeah. My mother-in-law. Oh, had yeah. Dementia. Yeah. Okay. And that was, that was sad. Yeah. Sad to watch. But we yeah. kept a uh, routine. She kept her routine. She mm-hmm. was always doing her thing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, till all, up until she passed away. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and myself, it, it was my mom. And um, I have three siblings going through the same thing. Um, and it is very sad. And then it makes me wonder, ooh, you know, who's next? You know, is the pick of the small straw thing, you yeah, know? That's a, that's a question we never asked. Does it does it run in the family? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never asked her that. I would suspect it does. But it does, yeah. especially the Alzheimer's. It's like a gene that is passed mm-hmm. on, you know. So it's like drawing the short straw. Well, and I've had it most of my life. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some well, days I think that too. <laughs> but one thing I found kind of interesting when we were talking with Lori was she described dementia as sort of being, what did she use, the umbrella term. Yes. With Alzheimer and all these other types of dementia under it. But then it sounds like the local Alzheimer's society is almost like the umbrella group because they deal with people who have all the other dementias as well. So it's kind of interesting that dementia is an umbrella for Alzheimer. Mm-hmm. The local Alzheimer's society is an umbrella for dementia. Yes. Just showing, I guess, how closely everything is related. Yes. And, you know, um, I have spoken with Lori a few times, mm-hmm. you know, just being part of that organization. And it's a very good support system. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. um, I look forward to her phone calls. I get to discuss things with her that might be occurring with mm-hmm. my sibs. And, um you know, she's a great support person. And I would think even if you've got somebody who has been diagnosed with dementia of whatever form, just because they forget something one day doesn't necessarily mean, oh, my goodness, that's another step down that bad path. They just forgot it. Yes. Everybody does. Yeah, everybody does. You know, yeah. like some days I'm like, what day is it? Monday, Tuesday? You I know? usually know the day ends in a Y. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's and a that's good what, clue. That's as far as I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially these days with COVID, especially when everybody was isolating because there was really nothing to tell one day from another. Yeah. And a friend of mine, when he retired, he said the same thing. He Mm -hmm. said, the only thing I do now is I have to check the calendar to remind myself, when do I have to have the garbage out? Because that's really the only thing he worries about now. And that and the hockey schedule, because he's a real uh, hockey fan. Yeah. And you let us know when the games are on. Speaking of hockey, uh, Steve Uh is a great hockey fan, too. Oh, you're going to get on me again. Like, everybody's on me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) when you... (laughs) <laughs> Steve, when you're a fan of a particular team, yes. it's very easy for people to pick on you. Well, do you know how long I've dealt with this? Well, my understanding is um, you may not be able to remember it, but you've <laughs> been a fan longer than the Leafs have gone without the Stanley Cup. Yeah, 61 years. Yeah. And yeah. they've been 64 years, I want to 65 years, I guess, this year, because it was 67. Who? Oh, sorry, 60, no, uh, the Leafs won the, won the Cup. 67. Yeah. Sorry, so that, I, my math has gone wrong. It must be a Monday. That's, mm-hmm. how I can tell, that's how I can tell what day it is. If I, if I can't math, it's Monday. Yeah. Uh, so it's been 55 years. There you go. Going into this year. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, I just can't wait to put all you people to rest. That, that may come in a decade or that, two. That sounded, that sounded kind of <laughs> ominous, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it's kind of like this weather. Oh, karma. It's, yeah. Actually, 
Steve, is it about time to go to the next break? I think we should, yeah. Yeah, okay, we'll go. Okay, we'll go to the next break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about all different sorts of things here. Teen Art Showcase 2022 is set for March at your public library. Culminating with an awards reception in the Keith Gordon Room on April 2nd, award categories include Best Overall, Best Original, Best Use of Materials, Social Commentary, and People's Choice. All art mediums will be accepted. For more information, email lredpath at studio2080.com. Art Showcase 2022, on for the month of March at the Prince George Public Library. Art pieces must be ready for submission on February 25th or 26th. The new season of BC Schizophrenia Society's podcast, Look Again, Mental Illness Reexamined, is underway. Shows include CEO and host Phaedra Aldridge in frank conversation with guests covering a wide variety of topics, including current research and stories of hope and resilience. Check back often as a new edition drops every other Wednesday. Look Again, Mental Illness Reexamined, available through the BC Schizophrenia Society's website at bcss.org. This March, take action and change the future for the estimated 70,000 British Columbians living with dementia. Attend the Breakfast to Remember, a virtual fundraiser featuring a keynote address with neuroscientist and international best-selling author Dr. Lisa Genova. The Alzheimer's Society of BC 2022 Virtual Breakfast to Remember, Thursday, March 3rd from 7.30 to 9. Ticket information and full details are available through the Fundraise and Participate page under Take Action at alzbc.org. Forecast from Environment Canada, a few showers mixed with flurries this afternoon. Winds in the south at 30, gusts into 50, switching from the northwest this afternoon. Temperature falling to minus 7 with a wind chill to minus 13. Clearing tonight, gusting northwest wind becoming light near midnight, a low of minus 15 with a wind chill to minus 21. For Tuesday, sunny, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 9 with a wind chill to minus 15. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Yeah, we're back to Monday morning wake-up call, and we were just discussing the weather. Yeah. Like, it's been Well, we just fantastic. heard the forecast. Yes. You know, and... and it's, it's ridiculous. You know, it's great. It's like early spring. Yeah, except for the fact that it's supposed to get down to minus 7 this afternoon. Yeah, well, let's look at this morning, because it's okay. beautiful yes. out there. Yeah. You yeah. know? It's still a little bit slippery, though, in some spots, because the ground is frozen and that still means that anything that's on the ground freezes so mm-hmm. and some of the parking lots around town sure has that ice build up oh, and yeah. it's very ruddy and yeah. slow driving and well ruddy parking lots i don't mind because it means people have to slow down like the way some people go through parking lots in this city like it's like they come off the they come off a regular street into a parking lot and they're suddenly thinking oh i'm on the highway yeah, yeah. They actually pick up speed. And and I tell the husband, the reason why city doesn't clean our streets regularly is so then that way the police don't have a very fast chase down the street, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like speed bumps. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, um, I think it was last week I was mentioning to Steve when I hosted the show on Wednesday, I guess it was, I was saying quite a change over the last week and a half, like a week and a half before that, we didn't see very many people out on the street, and the few who were walking were walking real fast because it was minus 30. Yes. Last week, you didn't see very many people out on the street, and the ones who were out on the street were walking real slow because it was so slippery. Yes. <laughs> Quite a change <laughs> in a week. I mean, it used to be Prince George, 
had like a winter where it was like winter. Yeah. The season basically was here to here. Yes, you got some snow here. You got some cold here. But it was basically the season. Now. Yeah. And, and I think last year, didn't we have like three weeks of deep freeze in January and two weeks in the beginning yes. of February? Yeah. You know, and I mean deep freeze, you yeah. know. Like, I'm hoping we've gotten past that already. Yes. That would be nice. Yes. You know. And it. The other thing was right near the end of that deep freeze, it sort of um, put paid, I think, is the expression to the theory that it it can get too cold to snow. No, it was minus 30 a couple of those days, and it was snowing. Oh, yeah, it sure was. And, you know, um, it would have been nice weather oh. for the cold snap this year, yeah, but that's, that's been postponed. Yes, postponed for a couple of weeks. Um, the press release they sent out said basically... They went with last year's one, which was all done virtually, because it was mostly local artists and the few who weren't, if they came in to perform in Prince George, a lot of them, some of the other ones did them from their home studio or whatever, just on video. Mm -hmm. But the ones who came into Prince George drove in. This year, they were back to a more normal thing, and they were going to have people flying in. Oh. And they decided... Airlines seem to be kind of a bit of a breeding ground to some extent because you're exposed oh, to a yes. lot more people yeah. from all kinds of different areas. So they decided, no, let's just put it on hold for a couple of weeks. And they're, I guess they are working. They're trying to keep as many of the same artists as they can. Mm-hmm. But, of course, now they've got to sort of work with new schedules for them and figure out, okay, how are we going to be able to do this? Because the big thing is they do want to have at least some live Performances Like they actually want to have people in the playhouse to watch the performer. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. And they still figure on live streaming everything for a fee. And then, of course, they'll also have their usual little workshops and stuff like that that the different artists put on. And those, again, will be live streamed. Oh, so that would be very yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. You know, so we're getting back to some normal. Yeah. But we have to still slow down that. Yeah. And the thing is, they wanted to make sure that they could get back a little bit closer to normal. Because if they, I think if they kept Cold Snap where it was, really the only alternative would have been, well, A, some of these artists may themselves decide, no, I don't want to take a chance on flying. So you would have to replace them. And you probably wouldn't be able to have anybody, well... Actually, you probably still would have been able to have people at the Playhouse because, again, smaller audience, but... Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were saying this morning that uh, Quebec and Ontario figure that they have reached their plateau. Yeah. And then things will start going back down again, which is a very good sign. Yeah, because um, the Omicron, my understanding is it first sort of cropped up in South Africa. And what they noticed was, again, the uh, case counts just went right through the roof for a little while and then they fell almost as quickly well it's, mm-hmm. so, it's a yeah. sweeping variant yeah very sweeping variant the nice thing is you look at the numbers of new cases and everything as compared to what we've been getting and the number of hospitalizations even and deaths is not where it would logically be given how many more people are being diagnosed compared to a couple of weeks ago right and and upon that, you know, um, because of the high diagnosis and contacts, mm-hmm. there's a really good website that people can go uh, to. It's um, www.bccdc.ca. 
www.facebook.ca backslash health info backslash disease conditions COVID-19. And again, all you probably have to do is remember bccdc.ca, and, and then those will be linked from yeah, there. Yeah, you can get the yeah. links on to that. So it's the and BC Center for Disease Control, actually. Yes. One of the ones we keep quoting in the news stories, because they're one of the ones who provide a lot of the numbers every day on COVID. Yeah. You know, so even if you've come into contact with someone who has tested positive, you know, you should go there and see what you should be doing. And we still need to be proactive with this so then we can stop the spread and get back to a normal life, you know. Well, I was talking with my doctor about a week and a half ago because I just had some blood tests done. And everything came back good. I do have blood, so that was oh, a good, good point. Yes, it good. is red. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not doctor. I'm not Mister Spock. Um, but he, and this is probably a question he asks just what everybody he talks to on the phone these days. How are you feeling? And I said, I'm feeling good. But you know, I said, but I said the worst of it is, you go to the page where it shows you the symptoms of COVID, and basically, if you're alive, the odds are you've got one of the symptoms. Yes. Because I've had a headache occasionally. Well, a headache is one of the symptoms. He said, he said the biggest thing is they are more concerned with the people who are showing, as he put it, the constellation of symptoms. If you've just got a headache, that's not a big concern. If you've just got a little bit of an upset stomach, that's not a big concern. If you've got one of any of those um, symptoms, it's not a big concern. It's if you've got three, four, five of them at the same mm-hmm. time. That's when you maybe think about getting a test. And, you know, some women, we go through hot flashes. And one day I got a hot flash and I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, is this COVID? Uh, Do I have a headache? Oh, that's Uh, a woman thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the husband's like, no, you give out headaches quite often. I will tell you that. And I was like, oh, okay, so maybe it's something normal. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of lucky normally because I do not normally get headaches. I'm a carrier. I don't get them. I give them to other people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least that's how my mom described it. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, my brothers always tell me, you don't have gray hair because you give it to everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and they look at my husband and they say, see, that's what we mean. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, the other thing I've heard from different health officials over the last couple of weeks, actually, ever since Obercon came along, and they realized they don't, that it wasn't as serious, if you will, as the other variants, was they said, we'll probably never know for sure how many people got Omicron. Yeah. Because somebody's got a little bit of a headache, they've got a little bit of an upset stomach, and they're going, I've got the flu, I'll, take, I'll just call the boss, say, I've got the flu, I'm not coming in for the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Because I can even do my stuff from home if he needs it. Yeah. And it, it may turn out, you know, if and you have to remember test. the numbers aren't locked in. No. They're not true numbers. No. 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 That's the thing is we'll probably never know for sure how many people had Omicron because a lot of people would have put it down just having the flu for a day or two. Yeah. Well, so. your best guess is to add, not subtract. Yes. On the numbers. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. No. No. Yeah. So with that, we're going to take another break here and um, we'll be right back. Performance management can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Vantage Point's Board Fundamentals, supporting your executive director, will teach not-for-profits how to set goals, provide feedback, and assess performance so your executive director and organization can flourish. Full details and registration are available through the training link at thevantagepoint.ca. 
Vantage Point's Board Fundamentals, supporting your executive director, Thursday, February 10th, from 5.30 to 8.30 through thevantagepoint.ca. Explore beading projects and other Indigenous crafts with virtual beads and bannock from Two Rivers Gallery. Join Crystal Bend the next two Thursdays at 7 to design a pattern to bead onto your very own custom card holder. Registration and full details are available at Two Rivers Gallery. Beads and bannock with Crystal Bend featuring beaded card holders the next two Thursdays from 7 to 9 through Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Minds in Motion is a weekly program provided online for people experiencing early symptoms of dementia and their care partners. Each session has a 30-minute fitness video followed by 45 minutes of social time. Sessions are offered Tuesday through Thursday from 10 to 11.30, as well as Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 1 to 2.30. For more information or to register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-963-6033 or email info.helpline at alzheimerbc.org. The Foreign Credential Recognition Loans Project is hosting a virtual information session for internationally trained nurses living in northern B.C. This free session will give guidance about the regulatory process to be a nurse in Canada and alternate career options. To register, email fcrloans at pics.bc.ca. That's a free info session from the Foreign Credential Recognition Loans Program and B.C. Plan for internationally trained nurses looking to get back into nursing January 26th from 11 to noon. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we're back. Wow. And we were just talking. Um, today is Alan's last day with us. He is just working on Tuesdays. He's not going to be working with me in Echo on Mondays anymore. People should not get their hopes up. It's not my last day at the station or anything. But we do have Steve, so that's a great turn of the events here. Right, Steve? I'm not sure sure how I should take it. Okay, I'll go go along with you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. see? You know? I think part of the figuring was Echo hosting, you're almost almost here anyways to serve service her her backup if you will her wing woman yeah yeah and eric allen has now taken over hosting on tuesdays and he didn't really have somebody like that i sat in but a lot of times he was good for the whole show he would you know Mm -hmm. call up one of his buddies from the panel on fridays and they would chat yeah so reg fair our eminent leader Yes, Reg. Yeah. There he is. Hopefully he heard that. Uh, Said, well, there's no sense you just sitting there for an hour waiting in case Eric actually needs you to chime in for a few seconds. So why don't we just have you run the board? Because Mm -hmm. running the board, I've still got access to a mic. Yes. So if Eric does need me, I can still be on the mic. But then we don't have me and Steve both here on Tuesdays. So. Mm-hmm. So the Monday team from now on will be normally Echo City where Phyllis is today, Phyllis City where I am today, and Steve City where Steve is today. Yes. Yeah. So it's a new little team. Yeah. You know, instead of Al sitting over there being our wing nut. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah. So there are, there are parts of Monday I'm not going to miss. <laughs> well, you might. You know, yeah. we always kept you on your toes, Alan. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes with Echo suddenly saying, "Alan, do you have anything to say?" And I'm kind of going, 
What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You know, so it's kind of sad, but, you know, yeah. everyone moves on and we have to accept change yep. just like we heard this morning with Lori yeah. you know it's just all a process of life and speaking of Lori I think we should let people know that there are ways to uh, contact um, the Alzheimer's Society mm-hmm. one of them is don'tchange.ca yep. that's a website and the office phone number is 250-564-7533 and another way is the dementia line at 1-800-936-6033. And they're open from Monday to Friday, 9 to 8. Yep. So there's ways that we can continue to contact for our people who are in our life. And we all need some support going through a difficult period of time. Well, I think one of the things, because this was your first time hosting, wasn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. You did a great job. Oh, wow. Well, I think it helped, though, because as you were saying, you know Lori. Yes. More on a professional basis, if you will, and as a friend, obviously. Yeah. But not as somebody to interview. But I have found in the past, it just makes it so much easier when you can picture, because especially when they're on the phone. When you're talking and you can picture their face in your mind, so it's almost like you're talking to them. Yes. Yeah, yes. Rather than if it's somebody you've never met before and you're talking to them on the phone, you there's a little bit more of a disconnect, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through the COVID uh, oh. pandemic here for the last couple of years, uh, the contact has been by telephone. Yes. You know, so um, I look forward to a mm-hmm. time that where mm-hmm. we can actually sit down and chat again in yeah. person. Yeah, I've occasionally, I've had the occasional guest come in for the After Nine show. Because the nice thing is, with the desk that we've got set up, it, it's six feet anyways. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where you're sitting, where I'm sitting with the microphones and everything, it's basically six foot. I, I remember at the beginning, we actually measured it. Yeah, just to make sure. Yeah. And I have told people in the past, if they were a little bit concerned, especially earlier on, if they were a little bit concerned, I would say, okay, I can move my mic back. Like, I can sit a little bit further back from the desk and use a clipboard to mm-hmm. have my notes on. Yeah. And that's usually all it took. It's, you know, just that extra foot or whatever moving back was all they really needed to have as to give them that feeling. I, and I don't think they were really worried about it as such anyways. But it was just at the beginning, nobody knew what this COVID exactly. thing was. Exactly. And it was so stressful, oh. you know, like you got to wear a mask, you got to hand sanitize, yeah. you know, wash those hands, you know, do this, yeah. do that. And... At first, I was very scared to even go out in the public. Okay. And remember, everything was shut down. Yep. Prince George looked like a ghost town. Yeah. You know, and I'm so grateful that we've learned a lot these past mm-hmm. 20 months so that it gives us a bit of freedom. Yeah. And well, the st- people in stores are a little lax, though. Sometimes. they got to back off a little bit. Yeah. yeah, some people still insist on sort of pushing by you to get to the item on the counter that they want. Well, that's why you get a cart. Yeah. Well, it's like in checkout. The next person's right on oh. your back. And like yeah. I've, told, I've told people, like, we got to back off. Yeah. Back yeah. off, Jack. Yeah. <clears throat> and and that is true, you know. But uh, I use a cart. Um, yeah. I try and use that as a spacer for, mm-hmm. you know, being in a lineup. I use, I use it as a rammer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's not very nice. No. In some situations, I guess you might need it. <laughs> yes. You know, um, it's kind of terrible. My, I, my only complaint with people using the carts, in the, especially in the grocery stores, is a lot of them insist on driving the cart right down the middle of the aisle. Yeah. Pretend you're driving. Pick one lane or the other because then the people behind you can actually get by you. Yeah, but when it snows, I've noticed some vehicles that take both lanes. Oof. They drive right where the line is, you know, well, so it's like a cart in the grocery well, store. I've, my favorite thing is, of course, a lot of times in the snow, when you can't see the lines, a lot of times you can see like the four sets of tire tracks, right? If you've got a two, two lanes going the same direction, you'll see four sets of tire tracks. It's amazing how many people take set two and set three and drive in them. That's what I mean. Yeah. Excuse me. Can you not tell that? (laughs) Snow falls and everybody heads for the curb. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you shouldn't. You should be out. Yeah. Well, you should be out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You should try not to be in the oncoming traffic. That's yeah, not that a good would idea. Be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes think that's one of the reasons why they leave those windrows up as long as they do sometimes on the city streets is to make sure that nobody gets the wrong idea about which side of the street they're supposed to be on. Oh, so that's why they leave them up for yeah. so long. Well, actually, though, I have to say they have done a great job. Yes. Like, considering how much snow we got in dumps, they got the streets cleared. And then the first chance they got, they started getting rid of the rid of the windrows. But it's kind of tough to say. You can say that ten times no, really quickly. No, thank you. I have too much respect for my tongue and teeth. Oh, I bet. Yes. They've been with me my whole life. Really? Yeah. You well, didn't my tongue trade has. Them in? My tongue has. No. Okay, so. I yeah. I think it's been a very good Monday. Yeah. And um, I want to thank everyone for helping me through the show with Al and Steve. And uh, hopefully next week, Echo is going to be back with us. So we'll see you then. After 9, Monday. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFISFN. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email CFISFN. FISFM at yahoo.ca. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.